0: Uh, Well, good morning, 11 a.m. And y'all are pumped up. How in the world do we get this much juice out of that little bitty? I'm like, oh, my Lord, he turned uh, something into more wine. But, uh, hey, uh, uh, one thing that Casey didn't mention, tonight at 6 p.m., we've been asked to be part of a uh, uh, a worship service uh, they're doing down at Family Church in Dayton. Uh, Pastor Bob and Jill will actually be helping lead worship uh, there. I'll be opening up the service for that. So if you guys want to join us, we'd love to have you. It's at 6 o'clock uh, down at Family Church in Dayton. Also, hey, I, wanted to, I forgot to do this first service. Man, last week at a volunteer dessert, wow. It, it was amazing, how, the people that showed up and turned out that were there. Listen, if you're not serving, you, uh, get involved. Get involved somewhere. And then at the end, one of the best times of the night was at the end when uh, all the volunteers just began to worship. We, we, you know, Bob led us in some worship songs. It was just a, an incredible event. And thank you, thank you, thank you for serving. so. Um, and, and thirdly, listen. I'm not gonna do like Pastor Casey. I'm not one to rub in uh, a Tennessee win. I had people say, hey, PK, where's your where's your orange? I said, listen, I'm not gonna wear the orange out there uh just to rub it in people's faces. It's not gonna do that. Uh so uh but uh, uh, I, I'll say this, I'll say, I got two words for you, then we'll move on. Two words for you, ready? Not today, Satan. <laughs> hey, if you don't get the joke when I say two words, not today, Saban, it's funny if you get the joke. Not today, not today, Satan, no, it's Saban, but same thing. Same thing. Satan, Saban, they both wear red. They both wear, they have horns. You just can't see them. And I'm surprised Alabama fan I even knew it was three words. Come on, serious. <laughs> come, come on now. You're right, it ain't right, but we're at Watts Bar Community Church. So <laughs> hey, uh anyway, uh Seriously, man, it, it was one of the best experiences. And I, I got to thinking about it also on the way home. Uh, six, seven years ago, I would not have been able to experience that with my brother. And, uh, you know, Casey, even on the way home, he said, I'll just tell you, that I got emotional. <laughs> and and I, I, I didn't tell him. I was the like, same, but mine was not for the ballgame per se. It was the fact that I was thinking, man, how far my brother has come. That we go together now, we sit in the same seat and only cuss three or four times. And no, joking. <laughs> it wasn't three or four. Y'all know him better than that. No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no. In, in all seriousness, uh, it, it, it was an incredible time. But the fact that I was able to do that with my brother, who like I said, six, seven years ago, would not, not have been possible. I took him to games in the past where I would picked him up at, at a halfway house. I remember one game to take him. And just the fact, man, it was, it was just an incredible time. And you got to experience probably one of the best college football games you will ever see. It was just an experience. Uh, all right, y'all ready for today? listen we're in the middle of this series hot topics and week one we talked about uh, po- politics, political climate control we talked about hey uh, you know uh, should a Christian idea should they uh, ha- absolutely but here's the thing you don't have to be a jerk about it because you can be 100% wrong The way you say it. And we looked at, you know, how Christians should be able to sit down, have a conversation like Daniel in the Bible with wisdom and discretion and not pride and arrogance. Which I think is an error we've been failing at for a long time. Last week we talked about blame it on the alcohol. The question, hey, can a Christian drink? Is it a sin for a Christian to drink alcohol? We looked at what the Bible had to say about it. And here's the thing. The Bible does not command us not to drink. But guess what? It doesn't command us to drink either. And we looked at what the Bible says, the pros, we looked at the cons. And there are so many more warnings about it than there are pros. And, and so we looked at, well, what is my responsibility as a follower of Jesus? Let's say I don't have a conviction about it, uh, that, that I, I don't feel convicted. And, and that's all right, too, right? Because there are certain things. But if you've got a brother and sister over here that because of their past, Because of where they come from, family history, they know I cannot be around that. Well, as a, my responsibility as a follower of Jesus is this don't allow my freedom to become. And so, what our responsibility is, well, week three is a fun one. It may be, it may be more, and I'm getting a little bit of ring up here, I'm not sure. It may be more touchy than politics or alcohol, especially in a Pentecostal church. When you talk about food and health, I, I, it remind me, this dietitian was talking to a group of women about dieting and their health, and she made the statement listen, you really are what you eat. And one of the women listening said, Well, if that's true, I need to eat a skinny woman. So, uh, <laughs> come on now. Hey, uh, this today. Here's why this may be tough, because this what we're talking about today is widely accepted in the church world, and it can be a very touchy subject. Uh, but today we're going to talk about it just for the health of it. Uh, my staff said, "Oh, you're getting very punny with your titles." I said, "Well, I'm a punny guy." So. <laughs> So, so does God really care about my health? Does God really care about my weight? Here's what I find. When we approach this subject as Christians, um, we, if it's something that we don't agree with, we like to find Scripture to back us up. So... Somebody says, hey, hey, God, you know, you need to be watching what you eat. You need to watch. So we'll, let let me find a scripture to say I can do whatever I want to do. So we'll point out scriptures like 1 Samuel 16, 7b. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We like that one. That makes us feel good. Or we'll do things like First Timothy 4, eight. physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Let me say this, I agree with both of those. I agree the soul is so much more important than the physical body. Can we get that away? I believe those things. But what the church has become really good at is taking a scripture or two and then building a religion or belief around that one or two scriptures while denying the rest of it. Remember what James 14 said. Anybody remember? What, remember James, the half-brother of Jesus' definition of what sin is? If you know what you ought to do, but don't do it. It's a sin. It's a sin. And so, in the church, we like to take a passage of scripture to excuse our sin, or where we can continue in it. Here, you know, I grew up in church. I'm 54 years old. And when I say I grew up, I mean I grew up in church. I remember hearing messages on, on, on tithing, on giving, on forgiveness. I heard messages on serving. I heard messages on, for, on uh, forgiving others. You know what? Not one time did I ever hear a pastor get up and talk about our responsibility for our health and our bodies. I would see, now listen, stay with me because some of y'all grew up, and I'm not trying to be mean or ugly. But I remember growing up and watching pastors that could barely make it through a message without getting winded and pointing out everybody else's sin but denying what they had no control over. And and let me go ahead and get this out of the way. I'm preaching to me today. This is me because I like to eat. I I mean, I I think it's a spiritual gift. I love to eat. I didn't say it's from God, but it's a spiritual gift. I I mean, I'll go to the refrigerator. Did he say, what are you looking for? I don't know. I just want to eat. And so I am preaching to myself. And here's the thing. We need to hear messages on all those other things, on forgiveness, on tithing, on, on, on serving, how being more faithful. But I'm going to tell you, I believe it's our physical bodies and taking care of it that is going to enable us to do all those other things better. I think maybe we've preached so much about how the body and soul are separate and how the body will die but the soul will live forever that we've developed kind of a theology that says God doesn't really care about our bodies or what they look like. He just cares about the soul. And can I tell you, you would be wrong. I mean, illustrate illustration. Anybody, how many parents? You You ever bought your kids something that you spent good money on? And then they took that gift, and then within days, some hours, destroyed it. I, I remember one time, uh, Kennedy was four years old. She was into the movie Anastasia. Anybody remember that movie? She loved it. And, and we were at, uh, at a Hamilton Place Mall. We walked by this store. I don't even know if it's, it still exists. It was called Things All Things Remembered or something. They stole music boxes, and they had this Anastasia music box. And I thought, I am going to buy her that. And I could not afford to buy it. So I put it in a layaway. Anybody remember that? And, man, the day came when I could go make that final payment. I got that. I brought that gift home to Kennedy. Her eyes lit up. She loved it. And I was like, oh, look what I got to do. I got to give this gift to my daughter. She loves it. She's going to take care of it. Well, within a week, little Anastasia was broken. <laughs> I said, i will going to never buy you anything again. No, I didn't say that. Maybe I did. I don't know. But with that in mind, have you ever thought about this? The body that God has given us, it's a gift. Our idiosyncrasies, these little things that we do, our greatest strengths, our greatest weaknesses that God gave us to use for a purpose, what do you think he thinks about when he looks down and sees us not taking care of the gift that he's given us? Here's a question to ponder if you're taking notes. Could our calling to take care of ourselves be the foundation to have the ability to take care of others? Hmm. See, I'm finding it's difficult to tell someone to give up their addiction to porn, to pills, to alcohol. Tell someone to walk away from a sin or a bad habit while we're serving pizza and fried chicken at every event. It's, it's going to get tougher. I hope you brought your heart steel toe boots. I've got mine on. And here's thing, like my intent today is not to make anyone feel bad about their bodies or, or their struggle with health and weight. Because, like I said, I'm preaching to myself. And I think, it, I think it's important that we know that health, when we talk about health and weight, I'm not talking about a body size are you, are you, or a body weight. I think health can be different for for everyone because I've seen skinny people that were more unhealthy than a non-skinny person (laughs) trying to be PC. Come on. So when we talk about weight and health, don't get in your mind what you think that looks like. Instead, I, I think we need to look at what the Bible says when it talks about our body and our health. And so when we say, hey, does God care about it? Uh, and I believe God does, but not in a way we do. And in fact, here's what I want you to do. Close your eyes. Everybody in here, close your eyes. If you're watching online, close your eyes. And I want you to say this. Pray this. Say, say uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Take, down take down my guard. Let me hear, Let me hear. What, you what you have to say. Then help me to act on it. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 today. If you got a Bible and want to turn there, a little backstory: Paul, again, we were in 1 Corinthians last week. I think it was 8. Uh, but the backstory: Paul is addressing some issues going on in the church at Corinth. He's talking about legal matters. He's talking about marriage and relationships. And, and then he goes into this. This is verse 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 6. I have the right to do anything you say. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Some of y'all, we just read that scripture, you only heard one thing. The body is not meant for sex, uh, sexual immorality. And we're going to take a deep dive into that next week. So when I talk about the services being PG-13, the next couple weeks, we're going to be there. And, and you say, well, I just don't want to hear my kids uh, I don't uh, hear about sex at church. Well, let me tell you, they're hearing about it at school and among their friends. I would rather them get a biblical perspective of what the Bible says about sex. And that's my lesson all. but I want us to hone in on the first part, the first part of that passage, the part part that gets lost and skipped over. Paul has been talking a lot to the church at Corinth about their freedom in Christ. You no, they're no longer bound to certain to laws when it comes to tradition or or behaviors. Then Paul pauses because he wants them to know something very vital to their walk with Jesus. Even with your newfound freedom, church. There are still some boundaries. He said, said, listen, yes, you are free, but there are still some limitations. And I believe that God has given us these bodies. They are a gift from God. And here's what I believe Paul is saying. And it's the first thing you need to know about your body. God expects me to manage my body well. He expects me to. Just like when I gave Kennedy that gift. It cost me a lot of time and money. God, God, what God did for us cost him a lot. And he expects us to manage it well. 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Let's go back to that verse 12. He says, you, you say I have the right to do anything, but let me tell you, not everything you do is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but let me tell you this. I will not be mastered By anything. See, Paul says because of God's grace, because of what Jesus has done, what we eat or what we don't eat doesn't make God look at us any different. It doesn't make God love us any more or any less. But Paul also wants them to know and understand that freedom in Christ has its limits, and those limits are intended to bring more freedom, not restraints. See, a lot of times we think when God says no on something, he's just trying to keep us restrained. No, he's trying to bring us more freedom. Paul says, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Here's what, if you're taking notes, we are supposed to consume food. Food isn't supposed to consume us. And a lot of us get consumed by food. Like I told you, man, I'll go to the fridge sometimes. I don't even know what I'm looking for. I just, not, I'm not even hungry. I just want to eat. See, I don't necessarily think, and I know there'll be people that disagree with me on this. I don't think it's necessarily about exactly what you eat. It's the moderation and having the discipline to say no. Are you hearing me? See, me, I know. I, you bring me a pizza. A meat pizza. If I have two slices, I'm good to go. But meat, if you said it before me, with a couple of of uh, garlic butter sauces, I'm going to eat that entire pizza and the two butter sauces. It's going to it's going to be like a a shot pizza and a shot pizza and a shot. Why? Because food has a tendency to consume me and not me consuming the food. It controls us. A few verses down, Paul is really, he's getting ready to really hammer it home. He's like, listen, if you're having a hard time understanding what I'm saying, let me make it a little clear." Look what he says in verse 19 to 20. Paul says, don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Get this. You do not belong to yourself. That goes along with our culture today, don't it? That flies against culture. You do not belong to yourself. Why? For God bought you with a high price. So, because God bought you with a high price, what does Paul says is our responsibility—to honor God with our bodies. I love the way the passion paraphrases, verse 20. You are God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, use your body to bring glory to God. See, the second thing you need to know about this gift, these bodies we've been given, and, I, and again, I know this flies in the face of culture, but you need to know your body is God's property now. I could go a lot of directions, but I, I choose to say on the subject we're on today. Your body, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've given, remember we said this, hey, when you gave your heart to Jesus, he didn't just want sections of it. He wanted all of it. So when you surrender your life to Jesus, no longer, you know, your body, God's property. Your property. If you ask him in, his property. And he says, Paul says, you've been bought with a very expensive price was paid for you. Now, as a follower of Jesus, honor God with that gift, that body you've been given. Anybody have children 16 and under? Grandchildren 16 and under? Have you ever told them, hey, don't do this, or they come to you and say, hey, can I go here, or can I have this, can I do this, and you tell them no? What is their one-word response? Why? Why? Well, why? Why? And then parents, I didn't even have to ask you because I said so. That's why. I don't need to give you an explanation. I, I'm telling you, that's why. But I believe by, they're saying, okay, Paul, why can't we do this? And Paul says, uh, you, you need an explanation? Let me tell you why you can no longer do that. Go there. Be part of that. Because your bodies now are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you ought to begin to live like they're the, body, the temple <laughs> of the Holy Spirit see here, man, I'm about to get some pushback. I can feel it. Stay with me though. You, You can't just do anything and everything you want with your body and then expect God to fix it. Don't we do that though? I mean, as Christians, we will put our bodies. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll eat what we want to eat, and God forbid, should we have to go to Walmart and there is not a parking place right up front. We will drive around an hour <laughs> rather than park at the back and actually have to walk to the. Come on, I've been there. We eat what we want, we don't exercise, we don't actually practice Sabbath. And take a real rest? And then, what do we do? The doctor, we go see the doctor. The doctor says, hey, listen, you're diabetic. Your blood pressure's high. Hey, you got sleep apnea. What do we want to do? We want to get on Facebook, put out a prayer call, put out a prayer chain. Hey, pray that God would heal this. And God said, hey, I tell you what, I'll heal it, but why don't you start taking care of what I've given you and see how I heal it. I knew this is gonna be a good one. But we wanna eat what we wanna want, what we want. We wanna do what we want, live how we want, and then ask God to fix it. Well, and, and listen, I understand this. I, I'm not, I, I I know there are some people that have medical issues. That it's not a matter of that. That you the I but I'm gonna tell you this, I believe 90, 95% of us. If we started doing with our bodies and putting in them what we should, we would see a lot of those medical uh, situations disappear. Mm. Paul says, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but everything's not beneficial. And he says, and also, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. He says, you were bought with a great price. You were very expensive God bought you, God saved you, God delivered you. Now honor him with your body. Get this, get this. I added up, we are only 11 weeks away from the new year. 11 weeks from the new year. And every year, most of us, we will make, we start off with good intentions, right? Come on. I'm going to be healthier this year. I'm going to lose this much weight. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to get my finances in order. I'm going to get my relationships in order. Here's the problem. We have a strong want to, but we have a stronger don't want to. Like, I want to lose weight. I don't want to say no to Krispy Kreme with the hot signs on. Are you following me? And our want to has got to be stronger than our don't want to. I want to be able to play with my grandkids, walk around in the, in, in the grass with them, and just play with them. You know, but what if I don't want to? I don't want to give up this. I don't want to. Then I will never get to what I want. Wow. Let me tell you, some days it's easy. My want to's are easy. It's easy for me to go to the gym. There are days, though they're rare, that I wake up and I say, whoa, I can't wait to get to the gym. And then I finally wake up and I oh, that was a dream. Uh, <laughs> more days than not, though, I have to make myself go. Why? Because my don't want to will leave me unhealthy, sick, tired, and regretting. While my want to may hurt for a little while, may be unpleasant for a little while, but it's going to bring me more joy in the end. And it's going to benefit me more in the end, guys. Listen, we've got a problem in our country. And it's not getting better. Get this, in 1980, in 1980, the obesity rate in America was 15%. 2020, pre-pandemic, it was 41.9%. And I'd say it's only gone up during the pandemic because people just sat aside and all they did was eat. That's not just overweight. That's obese, 419 Childhood obesity has more than tripled. One article I read from July uh, 25th of 22 this year said this, For the first time ever, more than one in five American kids are obese. Mm. And can I tell you this with the body positivity movement that's going around, it's only going to get worse. I'm all about, I'm all about body positivity. I'm all about that, hey, being in love with who you are, being in love with that side. But I think there's I think there's some kind of disconnection when we say, Yeah, this is who I am, this is am. And, and denying. And living a lie that says, hey, the doctor's saying I-, I need to do this. And just say, hey, look at me. This is what I am. Love it or leave it. Well, the doctor says if you don't change, you're going to die. And I know it's not popular to get up here and talk about this movement. And can I, let me get real for a moment. I didn't say this at 9 a.m. The, 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 the body, if you subscribe to TikTok. I've had to edit what content is allowed on my page. Because I believe men, this body positivity thing, it was created by men. Because there are women on there now willing to show whatever. Just say, look, I feel good about my body. And I believe there's a man somewhere going, we got them, we got them. And women, I believe you need to respect yourself more than to put yourself out there. I think if you've got to do that to feel good about yourself, there's something wrong. And you need to, you need to try to see what, what is going on mentally, in your head, in your emotions, what's going on there. Let's, let's go ahead before I do get in real trouble. Please send your comments to uh, Pastor Bob Kerber at What's the Bar. <laughs> See, I'm all about being okay with your body, but there's a difference in being okay with your body and how you look and being unhealthy and living a lie. Get this, obesity in America has contributed, uh, ha- has, uh, contributed to an increased rate of more than 30 serious diseases. More than a quarter of health care costs in America now are related to obesity. Get this, they say, this is even gonna be better. They say the crisis is even worse in the American church. Purdue did a study and found that the fundamental Christians are by far the heaviest of all religious groups. The leader of that research, uh, Ken Ferraro, said this, America is becoming a nation of gluttony and obesity, and churches are the feeding ground for this problem. Wow. Northwestern University did a study where they tracked over 3,400 men and women for 18 years, found that young adults who attend church or a Bible study once a week were 50% more likely to be obese. The Paul Tuggett Heart Health Program found that people who attended church were more likely than non-church members to be 20% overweight and have higher cholesterol and blood pressure numbers. Let's dive deeper. In a pulpit and pew study of 2,500 clergy, it found that 76% of those clergy were overweight or obese. And this is what Dr. Scott of that survey said. The contemporary church culture has unwittingly contributed to the rise in overweight and obese parishioners. Today it is rare to hear a sermon preached on the stewardship of the physical body and even more rare on the vice of gluttony. It has become a secret and acceptable vice in the modern church. And he continues with this though. Churches across America stand at a critical crossroad urgently in need of a decision to be a cause or a cure to the growing epidemic of disease and obesity. But in the midst of every crisis is an opportunity. Here's what I believe has happened to the American church. our disconnect of body and soul has gotten way out of control. And we have been given an opportunity to feed the mindset of God really doesn't care or, hey, I want to honor God with my body. And I'm not, again, I'm not up here trying to make anyone feel bad or shame those of us who struggle with our body image. But I'm, I am saying it's time we stop and ask a question is this honoring God with my body? Well, PK, what does what honoring God with our bodies look like? Or, Well, an even better question is what is God's calling for our bodies? Well, let's look at salvation because growing up, and most of y'all heard this. See, so here's what salvation was. It, it was this process of being made right with God. You rep- you prayed a prayer. You repented of your sins. You confessed that Jesus was Lord. He, uh, he died on the cross, rose, all that, and then you were saved. That's pretty much our idea of salvation, right? Right? So, I mean, it's not a trick. Question. I mean, it, we got out of hell. That That's a great thing. Can we be Not going to hell is pretty good. That's top 10. (laughs) Top two, top one, top one. But here's my question what if there's more to salvation than just that? What if salvation is a journey that God is trying to take us on for us to discover who He created us and designed us to be? What if it's more than just that get out of hell free card? What if there's more to it? What, 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 what does that look like? Can, can I tell you and be honest with you? I'm still processing what it all looks like. I, I'm still trying to work it out, but I know this there's no way I can properly act on God's calling for my life if my health is out of balance. There's no way I can properly act on God's calling for my life if my schedule is out of balance. What do you mean? If I'm constantly going and going and going, overworking, saying yes when I should have said no, are you are going to end up with someone that's not really pleasant to be around, uh, someone that drinks a lot of caffeine or energy drinks, thinking that'll fix the problem, and then I'll end up uh, uh, unhealthier and sicker than I was before? I believe God is calling us to take better care of our bodies. I believe God needs us to understand that things like eating and sleeping are just as spiritual as reading the Bible. Get that. Did you hear me? Things like eating and sleeping. Well, Rick Rick Warren said it this way. Keeping your body in shape is a spiritual discipline. It's not just about losing a few pounds or wanting to live longer or trying to look nicer. It's a spiritual discipline. Does God care about my weight, my physical body? Well, if he didn't, I don't know why they would talk about it so much in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and what? Be kept blameless at the coming. He didn't just say, hey, I pray that your spirit and soul be kept blameless. He said your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept blameless. Again, look at Romans 12.1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your what? To God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Why? Because this is the way you truly worship him. I love the way the message says this. Paul says, here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. In other words, take that eating, that sleeping, place it before God as an offering. Yeah, God, I want to stay up late and watch the game. God, I got this going. I want to play. I want to do this. You know what, God? I'm going to cherish this seven or eight hours of rest. And I'm going to lay it before you as an offering so that tomorrow my body will be refreshed and it'll make it easier for me to focus on what Holy Spirit is saying in my life instead of only getting four or five hours of sleep and then going about my day as a zombie and I can't hear. It's hard for me to hear Holy Spirit when I'm tired and worn out. So does God care about my weight? I believe God does, but not in the way that we do. I don't, think he, I don't think he cares in the sense of uh, you're a size 18 and I need you to be a size 8. I don't think God cares about that. I don't think God cares if you can fit in a skinny jeans or a pencil skirt. I don't, think, I don't think he cares. I think his love and his concern for us go way beyond those things. He cares because he knows that being healthy, get this, will have a huge impact not just on you, the generations to come. You know why I eat like I eat, and that I'm having to build different habits because I watch my family eat like they eat, and it got ingrained in me that this is the way. And here's what I'm saying: that our kids are watching us. And you know, and I said this. Uh, I said I wasn't going to say this at 11 a.m., but I am, even though my daughter's here. My daughter is very picky about what she allows her, her kids to eat. And I think Bo just goes along with it. But anyway, <laughs> she's very picky about it. You know, she was probably in her mind when, when Amanda was up here talking about the red dot, she goes, Oh, yes, Lord, speak, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. I feel the anointing all over that. Um, but she's very particular. Me and Denise, not so much. Because they're our grandkids, and we can do that. I'm, I'm just one. I'm going to tell them myself. Uh, this is so funny. I think it's funny anyway. But Sharon and Sonny, were, we were getting ready to take them somewhere. And she, uh, Juno was wanting some, and, and, and uh, Sharon was like, no, you can't have it. If you ask me again, you're not going to go with Bubby and Papa. I said, hey, listen, get in the car. I will give it to you. Just get in the car. Just get in the car. Let's get out of here before mama changes her mind. But I respect that. Why? Because she's teaching these children that you can't just put anything into your bodies. And the way I think like I am, why? I watched my mom and dad. Yeah, my dad died of cancer. But I think he could have been a lot healthier if he had listened to what the doctor said. Because every time the doctor, he would go with a heart attack, come back from, from, from uh, getting, getting the open heart surgery. The doctor, you got to change this. And he would do good for a week or two. But I always go back. I watched my mom sit in a hospital. And I made at least one church lady mad. Because the doctors would tell her, this is what you can have, what you can't have. And there was a certain person sneaking her in food. That she was not allowed to have. Until one time I said, listen, if you cannot do what the doctors tell you to do, don't come back and see my mom anymore. And they quit coming to church. But anyway, let's go on. (laughs) Why? Because if we begin to listen, I believe it's important we take care of our bodies. Our health. Our health. And you know what? When my mom was at a place where she couldn't do it herself, I said, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. And I, I think that's where community comes in line is when we, we begin to make ourselves accountable to people. I, 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 I'm looking at my time. I'm good on time. Kelsey, a, a young man, him and his wife have been coming in here. And, and before Denise and I had the accident, man, I was, we were in the gym. He was training us. He was doing good. Now, he is a workhorse, and I hate him for that hour at the gym. But I know I need it. And so I texted him. I thought, man, I've got to get back in the gym. I texted him. Hey, Kelsey, man, I'm ready to get back in the gym. And I didn't hear from him that day. And I thought, good Lord, mate. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe he didn't get the message. The next morning, PK, glad you're feeling better. What time you want to meet? I was like, well, crap, I guess I'm committed now. (laughs) Why? Because here's the thing. That hour that I'm there, man, it is work. It is tough. But I'm trusting that that alone with what I put in my body is going to pay dividends that I could not have gotten any other way. That it is going to make me healthier to be able to play with my grandkids, to be around. You know, Denise and I love to travel. It's going to put me in a place where we can do all the things we want to do and not be crippled up somewhere. Wishing we had made better decisions in our past. Are you hearing me, church? I know this is not popular, but I'm telling you, I love you, and I care about what goes on in you enough to say this is what needs to happen. God cares. I believe He cares because He knows usually the physical manifestation of what is usually because of something that's going on inwardly. He be cares because taking care of our health, physical health, financial health, relational, family, careers, those are seeds that when we manage them correctly, they will increase our capacity and prepare us for greater things. John, 3 John 1 and 2, look what he says. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. And that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. He says, I don't want you. Yeah, I'm glad your soul is well. But even on top of your soul, I want your health to be well. Enjoy good health. And that's what I truly believe God wants for his children. For us to experience good health. Good health, not just barely getting by, but good health. What, what if what if we looked at ahead? What? If, see, I believe if we don't start, we'll never get anywhere. We got to start somewhere. What if we begin to start by this? You know what? This next week, I'm going to plan ahead. I'm going to get me somebody that can hold me accountable, and tell them if I get an attitude with them because they're holding me accountable, to remind me that I told them to do this. I'm going to set me up a plan. I, what, what if we start and begin to get intentional about our health? Quit eating at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. What if we started this? I'm talking just steps. Say, so you know what? Here's my step. I'm going to quit drinking soft drinks. Or some of you, and I'm serious, little steps. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with one soft drink a day for now. Because for some of you, that would be huge. See, when we make we have little chance of getting there. But if we make attainable steps today, here's what I'm going to start. You know what? I can't get out to the gym, but you know what I can do? I can get out and I can walk down the end of my road and back. I can walk around my neighborhood. Maybe today I can only walk a quarter of a mile. But maybe in two weeks, it's up to half a mile. Maybe in three weeks, I'm up to a mile. And it's those little steps and being intentional about your health. And because we know this, hey, God gave me this gift. And I want to honor God with what he has given me. If I can get Bubba to come on up. Maybe if we just started there, we might find ourselves feeling better. I'm convinced that our spiritual man and our physical body are tied together and our emotional. You know when I find myself feeling more depressed and I feel myself going down when I'm not exercising and eating right. I can feel it. I can go, I can get on the elliptical trainer, though, over at the gym or begin to do that. And my mind, I just start feeling better inside. My mind is clearer. And I believe God wants us to be healthy, to be clear-minded, to sleep better. I believe God wants us to walk in the calling that He created us and designed us to walk in. Let I me mean, I mean, say it this way. Don't you want your kids to have a healthy life? Don't you? Don't you want your grandkids to be healthy, enjoy life? If we as parents want that for our kids, how much more does a heavenly father want that for his kids? Stand with me across the room. Kelly, where do we start? Where do we start? Here's a great place to start. As a follower of Jesus, here's a great place to start, acknowledging this fact. Your body is God's property. It doesn't belong to you anymore. You can't just do with it what you want. You can't just put in it what you want. It belongs to God. And we take ownership of what we've done with this gift we've been given, and we repent of it. 1 Corinthians 6.20 you were God's expensive purchase paid for with tears of blood so by all means use your body to bring glory to God 1 Corinthians 10.31 we looked at this last week Paul said whatever you eat drink whatever you do do it all we started there when we sat down and we ate God I want to make sure I bring glory with me glory to you God and my my personal my personal self God I know me well enough where I love this and it's going to be hard for me to just contain one serving but I want to honor you with my body I'm going to have self-control right now where I'm working it out. What well, if it started with getting a good night's rest and sleep and actually practicing Sabbath the way it was meant to, to be practiced? What if, I know this is crazy, what if you turned your phone off for four hours? didn't look at social media, didn't look for a text, didn't look for a phone call, didn't look at any of that for four hours. Kelly, I just can't do that. Well, then that consumes you more than you consume it. Paul said, I'm free to do anything, but I will not be mastered by you. I know this is a personal and I know we've all got struggles in here on different levels but I'm just asking you to be honest say pastor you know what I'm guilty of allowing food to consume me more than me consume food I want that to change I want God to help me Watch what I put into this body, the amount I put into this body. And I want to honor God through what I eat. If that's you, just raise your hand. All right, put your hands down for a moment. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? It was a tough thing for me to hear that my body doesn't belong to me because everything else screams, hey, it's your body, do whatever you want to do with it. But you're telling me and showing me in the Bible that God says, hey, no, if you're a follower of my son, your body doesn't belong to you anymore. And maybe you're here and you say, no, that that's tough for me, Pastor. But I want to acknowledge that, that my body no longer belongs to me, but it is God's. And I want to acknowledge that in every area of my life. If that's you, raise your hand. Yeah. you raise your hand for if you raise your hand and think I said put them up in the air. Put them up. Father. God there are times when we don't have the willpower. So I'm asking you to step in and begin to change our minds because that's where most of the battle is fought in our minds. It tells us we need something when we really don't. It tells us we want something when we know we really don't. So I'm asking you, God, to transform our minds. Give us the mind of Christ. And God, that no longer would would food or with social media or things like that consume us. But God, it would be the opposite. And we would not be mastered by anything. God, I pray that you would give us freedom. The ability to say, okay, God, my body is yours. It's yours. Whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. I'm no longer going to treat it as as just trash. I'm no longer going to just treat it and and think that it doesn't matter. No, it's yours. And I want to bring glory to you through how I live, how I eat, how I rest, and whatever I do, whatever I eat, drink, or whatever, I want it to bring you glory. And God, I ask that in your son's name. And everybody said. Amen! 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 Listen, uh, when you leave, we're gonna be handing out donuts and cigarettes. Uh, so, not really, not really. Not really. No. no. Huh? some of y'all got excited. Whoa! I, I was wondering where we're gonna get my pack at. Uh, so, so, I want to go out on the phone because I know this is a serious subject and it can be more touchy than politics or drinking because we don't like anybody to tell us, hey, hey, you, you okay? You okay? My, my my brother Chris is takes extreme care of his body. I mean, watches everything that goes in. He runs like five or six miles a day. We went to our family reunion last week, and Chris was there. Someone come up and asked my wife, is Chris sick? Is he okay? Why? Because I used to see an, us overweight. As someone that's thin and in health, they think, oh, they're sick. But I want to change the narrative in my kids and my grandkids' lives. I want to be around for them. I want to honor God with my body. I want to be able to get up here and preach and teach and without, without having to catch my breath and getting winded. I want to be able, when we have our, our, our times together out and out, to be able to get out, be physical, to be active, to get out there and run. And, and I want to do that. And that's honoring God with this body. That's where it starts. But I want to to end how we started. And uh, someone asked me, said, did you do that first song for the Alabama fans? Because on my good day, I'm a child of God, and on my bad day, I'm a child of God. But no, here, that's the fact. We all have good days. We all have bad days, and if we can keep this in mind, man, I'm whatever day I'm having. I'm a child of God, And, and.